As we begin this Mother's Day Sunday, I just want to give you a few reminders. A son or daughter will spend their first Mother's Day without their mother. A mother will spend her first Mother's Day without a child. There's a woman who's hurting because she can't have children, but has always wanted to be a mom. There's a mother who's not able to be with her children because of distance, deployment, or divorce. There's a son or daughter that will be without their mother because she is not a part of their lives. There'll be a son or daughter today that will be missing their mom who has passed away years ago. There'll be a mother who will be missing a child or children who have passed away as well. Friends, there will be others that struggle to find joy in a day that celebrates mothers when their mother wasn't that great. So as we thank God for our mothers and grandmothers, as Jimmy prayed in his prayer a few moments ago, we have to remember that Mother's Day is not a happy day for many. And so as you wish ladies a happy Mother's Day today, remember that there are those that are hurting and struggling this weekend as well. And so my prayer and our prayer should be that the Lord would comfort and keep those who are hurting, that He would provide healing and hope, that others would be reminded of the great memories and the impact of not just mothers, but maybe godly women that had influence in their lives. Before we pray, I just want to share some things that have bubbled to the top over the last 12 hours. As I shared that list that I just shared with you yesterday on my Facebook page and on the church's Facebook page, people began to chime in. A local choir teacher, Miss Linda Beck, she wrote in and she says, I have two seventh graders who will be without their mother for the first time. Please keep them in your prayers. Their names are Jenna and Michael. Miss Kinley, another friend, said, I know a dear friend who passed away this week. She left behind three children, nine, ten, and eleven, and a wonderful husband. Will you remember them in prayer? Miss Janice, Miss Charlotta's daughter, who just recently passed away. And then I'm reminded of Ms. Lisa Christmas, whose son Hunter died last weekend in an automobile accident. And he was buried, her only child. She celebrates Mother's Day, her first, without her son. Let's pray. Father God, we do indeed thank you for our mothers. God, I thank you for the prayers of my mother and my grandmothers. God, I thank you for the godly women who have had impact in my life. God, I thank you for the godly women that have challenged me dead in my tracks and asked me, why am I complaining and what am I doing? And God, I remember that stung at the moment, but Lord, it has shaped me into the man that I have become. And so, Father, I just pray now for those that we mentioned, for, for Jenna and for Michael, 
God, for this, this, this family of small children and a husband that finds themselves today grieving the loss of their mom, of their wife. God, we pray for Miss Janice. We pray for Lisa Christmas. We pray for those moms who can't become moms, but have always wanted to be. Father, we know that you work all things together for good for those who love you and are called according to your purpose. And so, Father, we pray now whether we had a great mother or whether our mother was not so great. Father, you can use our experiences, you can use those things in our lives to bring glory to you, but also for us to show compassion and love to those around us. And so, Father, we ask today just a special blessing that your peace and comfort, that your healing and hope might shine into the hearts of lives of those that are not so happy on Mother's Day weekend. Father, we pray now as we open your word, as we discuss what you've placed on my heart, Lord, will you bind any and all distraction that will keep us from hearing what you would have for us to hear? Lord, help us to see you more clearly. Give us the wisdom the insight of the next step that you have for us and give us the courage to take it with you. Father, for we thank you and love you. Amen. So today's message, today's theme is present over perfect. Present over perfect. The song we listened to, what beautiful reminders in The the Wonder by Caroline Cobb, right? That you're, that you're as you mother and as you are grandmother, they're, they're not your own. That you, that you should be running to the cross. That you should be pointing them to the cross. You should be pointing them to the Lord. And as I listened to one of Caroline's other songs, I'd never heard of this particular artist, but I looked her up and began to listen to one of her other songs, and it was Psalm 16. That's where we're going to find ourselves this morning. So if you will, take your copy of God's Word and turn over to the book of Psalms, Old Testament, rather large book. And if you'll turn over to Psalm 16, I'm going to give you a little bit of background while you turn there. First off, we need to remember, and I, and I jokingly say this, but it's, it's the truth. If you think the songs that we sing sometimes on Sunday morning are hard, the Psalms were the hymn book of God's people. And so what's beautiful is sometimes, even nowadays, people will, we don't know what the melody or the tune might be, but what's so beautiful is there's some songs where people just literally take the psalm and they sing it. They put it to music and they sing it as if God, in the way that God intended it to be. So this is a personal hymn, and it focuses on the goodness of the Lord. The personal pronoun, my, is used over a dozen times. It's penned by David, and these words were probably penned sometime after the Lord gave his gracious covenant to David and assured him of an enduring throne. This is also a messianic psalm. It's quoted by Peter and Paul in the New Testament in reference to the resurrection of Jesus. And so as I was listening to Ms. Cobb's song, Psalm 16, I looked it up. 
I looked up Psalm 16, and so I want us to focus on just a few passages. I just want to give you a few thoughts this Mother's Day. Under the heading and under the theme of present over perfect. And so in Psalm 16, starting in verse 7, it says, I bless the Lord who gives me counsel. In the night also my heart instructs me. I have set the Lord always before me because he is at my right hand. I shall not be shaken. Therefore, my heart is glad and my whole being rejoices. My flesh also dwells secure. For you will not abandon my soul to Sheol or let your Holy One see corruption. Verse 11. You make known to me the path of life. In your presence, there is fullness of joy. At your right hand are the pleasures forevermore. i got to kind of back up for a second because I, I skipped too far ahead in my outline. So, I mentioned a song by Caroline Cobb, and she sang a song, Psalm 16, which I looked up and we just read. But I, get, I began to kind of read the backstory of how, why she wrote The Wonder. And she just talked about the struggles and the burdens of being a mother. Now, men, y'all don't know what it's like. We don't know what it's like to be a mother. But there are burdens, there are struggles, there is anxiety in the life of a mother, in motherhood. Listen to what she said. She said, rather than wallowing in my shame or striving to make the perfect grade as a mom, I can ask my kids for forgiveness and then point them to a not a perfect mom, but a perfect Savior. What a challenge. What a challenge. And so I began when I read this verse in verse 11. It says, in your presence, in your presence, I began to think about being present. And I was reminded of a book that I had read the majority of. And it's called Present Over Perfect. Leaving behind frantic for a simpler, more soulful way of living. That's how we wound up on present over perfect this morning. And I hope you see by what we're going to share that that is what God is calling us to be. He's calling us to be present. He's not calling us to perfection. Jesus has already taken care of that. Amen? When God looks upon us, if we have accepted Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, we're looked on as perfect because why? The blood of Jesus washes over us and the Lord, our God, sees us as perfect. We are not perfect in and of ourselves. Amen? Our, our, what we have on, what we have, what we have done, what we have accomplished are nothing but filthy rags in the sight of God. And so as I began to read through this verse, these verses, David says, I, back in verse 7, David says, I bless the Lord who what? Who gives me counsel. And in the night also my heart instructs me. I have set the Lord always before me because he is at my right hand. 
and I shall not be shaken. So I, I want to make a quick few points on this. See, listen, his personal fellowship was his greatest joy. His personal fellowship with the Lord was his greatest joy. This week at Hunter Christmas's funeral, my buddy Jim Johnson, he, he gave the example of Psalm 23 of a young man who had left the church and he was one of the first ones to go off to college and he had gone off to college and he came back and at college he had learned Psalm 23. And so when they came back, he, he stood up in front of the church and he began to recite Psalm 23 and everyone, all right, way to go, Johnny. You know, you learned some truths about God's word. You learned something while you were away. And then friends, an old precious saint, Gray-haired saint stood up in the back and she began to recite the 23rd Psalm. The Lord is my shepherd. Right? And every time she came to those personal pronouns, she emphasized my. And when she got done, there were people that were weeping. And after the service was over, the young man and the pastor were talking and He said, well, Pastor, when I read it, everybody clapped. But when she read it, everybody cried. And he reminded the young man, he said, you might have learned a lot while you were away at college. You know the psalm, but she knows the Savior. Right? So here David is talking and and we can hear in his his voice that he's saying, I bless the Lord because he, he gives me counsel. He instructs my heart. And then he says this, he says, in the night also my heart instructs me. Really quickly, nights. It's probably nights, plural. He's going to night school, if you will, and it's night after night. And he's saying that his heart instructs him. That's discipline, the chastening of the Lord. And then he mentions this notion of right hand. See, sometimes, guys, we read through Scripture so quickly. Oh, he had the right hand. Okay, cool. But what does that mean? It's a picture of strength. It's a picture of how the Lord was His strength. Because what? It is noted in the Word that when you hear that He's uh, he's on my right side, He's my right-hand man, He's on the right, that is the strong side. That's the strong side. That's the strength. And so David Knew that. He knew that the Lord was his strength and his defender. He goes on to say, Therefore my heart is glad, and my whole being rejoices, and my flesh also dwells secure. Friends, because of his relationship with the Lord, he had security. He was secure. For you will not abandon my soul to Sheol or let your Holy One see corruption. And then we see in verse 11, you make known to me the path of life. In your presence, there is fullness of joy. And at your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Listen, friends, we kind of hear as David pens these words, the joy of eternity. Listen, friends, heaven is not gates of pearl and streets of gold and angels and glorified saints. The central glory and joy of heaven is Jesus. That's the central glory and joy of heaven. It's Jesus. 
And so he's saying here, you've made known to me the path of life, and in your presence there is fullness of joy. Perfect, sorry, present over perfect. Listen, you can strive for perfection or you can be present, but you can't do both. Think about that. You can strive for for perfection or you can be present. You cannot do both. As I've already reminded you, Jesus is taking care of the perfection part. He makes you whole and perfect in the sight of God. So my challenge and my reminder to you is to be present. Whether you're a mother or a man or a father or a husband or an uncle, whatever you are, an aunt, a grandmother, a widow, whatever you are, be present. Be present in the lives of those around you. Be present with the Lord. And so I simply ask you this morning, where do you need to be present? Where do you need to be present? Is it with your children or your grandchildren? Is it with your nieces or your nephews? Is it with your spouse? Is it with your friends? Is it with your small group or your Sunday school class? Listen, being present matters. Being in community matters. Why? Because it happens in the small things. It's conversations. It's acts of kindness. It's listening. And it's being present over time. Being present over time. See, I think about the whole story of Martha and Mary and Luke chapter 10. If you, if you were taking notes, it's Luke chapter 10, 38 through 42. To kind of give you a summation of what's going on here. So Mary and Martha are there and one is serving and one sitting at the feet of the G, uh, Jesus. Hold on, I got to look it up. Because <laughs> I don't want to get it wrong. Luke chapter 10, 38 through 42. We'll just read it. Now as they went on their way, Jesus entered a village. And a woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary, who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. But Martha was distracted with much serving. And she went up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister left me here to serve alone? Tell her then to help me. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things. But one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken away from her. So listen, friends. Mary had it right. Mary was present. She's there with Jesus, and she's present. And so I want to remind you this morning that serving is important, but our service and our serving should never replace being present with the Lord. And you say, well, we can't physically be present with Jesus today. No, we can't. We can't see him face to face. But we can get along with him, right? We can spend time in his word. We can spend time in prayer. 
And so I want to ask you, what does it look like to be present with God and others? What does it look like to be present with God and others? Well, listen, with God, to be present is to spend time in prayer. It's to open your Bible. It's to be still. And guess what? Listen, listen, it's listening, not doing all the talking. Right? We have to spend time listening, not being the ones doing all the talking. And it's simply this. It's saying, here I am, Lord. It's showing up in the morning and finding a quiet time or sometime through your day and saying, here I am, Lord. Here I am. Show me the way. Make me into the man, into the woman that you would have me to be. Use me, God. Send me, God. Show me. Make me. Use me. Send me. That's what we're being called to. But listen, you can't be used by God until you get alone by God, with God. You can only lead people to where you've been. Amen? You you can't lead somebody somewhere you haven't been. Somewhere you haven't been. You don't have to have all the answers. But God is taking you through valleys. He's taking you through experiences. And it's just on rinse and repeat. What does that mean? It just keeps coming up over and over and over again. And why is that? I'm not the energizer bunny. I just don't want to be on repeat saying the same thing week in and week out. But guess what, friends? There's different people here today than were here last week. There's some of you that were here last week that didn't hear what I'm getting ready to say. But God takes you through things. He brings you through things. He comforts you so that you may comfort others. 2 Corinthians. Look it up. Can't remember the passage right offhand, but God comforts us so that we may comfort others. We mentioned about the mother who just lost her child. Do you think in the coming days that she's going to need somebody to come alongside of her? Not to give her answers, but man, just be present. What would happen if you picked up the phone and just said, hey, would you like to go to lunch today? Let's go to lunch. Right? Because everybody's like, oh, I'm praying for you, I'm praying for you. I want to remind you, that is a cliche for a lot of people. Oh, I'm praying for you in my thoughts and prayers. Man, write it down. Write it down. Maybe say, hey, um... Sister Tammy, I know you got this need. Can we pray about that right now? All right, because what are you going to do? You're going to get bombarded by the ways and things of life. You don't know what the next telephone call or the next text is going to bring. And so when somebody says, hey, will you pray about X? Will you pray about this? Will you pray about that? Will you, will you pray about this need? Someone has cancer. Someone's sick. Whatever it might be. Take a moment and just say, hey, can we pray really quick? You don't have to pray some long, eloquent prayer. No. God's not interested in our words. He's interested in our hearts. Amen? So just go to him and say, Lord, I can't do anything about this situation, but I pray that you would move in a way that only you can. God, help them to see you clearly. Amen? Right? Pray for them then and now. Don't give them a fault. Oh, I'm praying for you. You ain't no more prayed for them than whatever. Right? Actually do it. Actually do it. So what does it look to be present with others? What does it look like to be present with others? Well, it looks like this. It's putting our devices down. I said devices, plural. 
It could be a phone. It could be an iPad. It could be your computer. It could be the TV. Put them down. Turn them off. And be present. You might say, oh yeah, yeah, I'm listening. No, you're not. I don't have your attention. You're not fully engaged. You're not present. One of the things that I try to do, in case you ever wonder, is I usually keep an index card in my pocket. And the reason why is because I use a lot of technology. And I like technology. It's great. It's helped me tremendously. But if I'm dealing with one of you all, different generation than me, whereas I might be picking up my phone to take a note, you think, oh, he's not engaged. So I use a note card so that I can remember to either pray or something that I need to do. So when do you need to do that? Right? That's what a wise friend of mine gave me. Maybe, yeah, you love technology too. But find a way to write it down. Find a way to still stay engaged. And I'm thankful for that piece of advice that he gave me. Listen, what we prioritize gets done. What we prioritize gets done. Listen, you, you don't need more time. You need to work on your priorities. Oh, if I only had more time. If there's only more time in the day. If there was only more time in the week. No. It's your priorities. What are you prioritizing? Don't want to leave you hanging on the, how can we be present with others? So it's putting our devices down. It's leaving work at work. I did that for so many years, right? Got to check that email. Got to see what's going on. Got to see what's happening. Ding. Oh, let me see what that's about. No. You know what? I don't have, I don't check my email, my work email on my phone anymore. When I'm home, I'm home. If it comes in after I leave, I'll get to it the next day. If they need me, they'll text me. Leave work at work. And it's carving out time to spend together, even in the small things. Even in the small things. It doesn't have to be grand. Even in the small things. As we heard about Ms. Linda Kulik and Ms. Charlotta, one of the greatest joys that they had as friends is they would just get in the car and ride to Santee or ride to Poinsett. And they enjoyed being together. They enjoyed each other's presence. They enjoyed being present and enjoyed the conversation. They laughed and had a good time. You can laugh and have a good time as a Christian. Amen? Some of y'all this morning we sang that song, I love to tell the story. You couldn't tell by your face. You might love to tell the story, but you couldn't have told by your face. Anyway, I, I hurry on. Don't want to go chasing rabbits. <clears throat> so, a word of caution, though. A word of caution. There will be distractions. There will be distractions. There will be this rush for more and better. And can I just tell you to slow down? Slow down. I love the psalm. I love what the psalmist says in Psalm 39. Y'all look it up. But he says this. He says, we are merely moving shadows. All our busy rushing ends in nothing. So, Lord, where do I put my hope? My only hope is in you. All the busyness, all the hurries, where does it lead us? 
Psalmist says, nowhere. I want to share just a few quick excerpts from Present Over Perfect, the book that I mentioned. The word that changed everything, of course, is no. But you can't have yes without no. Another way to say it, if you're not careful with your yeses, you start to say no to some very important things without even realizing it. Shauna Nyquist is her name, the author. She goes on to say, In my rampant yes, yes, yesing, I said no without intending to. To rest, to peace, to groundedness, to listening, to deep and slow connections, built over years instead of moments. All my yeses brought me to a shallow way of living an exhausted, frantic lifestyle that actually ended up having little resemblance to that deep, brave yes I was searching for. One more little excerpt. Listen to what she says. What you need along the way, a sense of God's deep, unconditional love and a strong sense of your own purpose. Without those two, You'll need from people what only God can give. And you'll give up your larger purpose in order to fulfill small purposes or other people's purposes. To be sure, finding your passion can take a long time to figure out. And along the way it is tempted to opt instead for immediate gratification. The immediate fix are for someone's approval. But the sweet rush of approval, the pat on the back, can often derail us from real love and real purpose. Present over perfect. I heard it said this week, don't give up long-held beliefs for short-term relief. Don't give up long-held beliefs for short-term relief. Friends, Warren Wiersbe, who recently passed away, was a Bible commentator. Has helped many people understand God's Word. He said, The future is your friend when Jesus is your Lord. And so I ask you just two final questions this morning as we wrap up. Ask yourself this. Am I present or am I striving for perfection? You can strive for perfection or you can be present, but you can't do both. This week, choose to be present, right? Choose to be present in the lives of those God places around you, with your family. Today, there's no church service tonight. There's no need to be in a rush, right? Choose to be present with your loved ones. And this week, get alone and choose to be in the presence of the Lord. David says, in the presence of the Lord, there is fullness of joy. There is fullness of joy. And then I simply ask you this last question. Is Jesus 
the joy of your life today? Is Jesus the joy of your life today? There is joy and benefits of a life lived in companionship with God. We can enjoy the benefits now and eternally. Are you? Are you enjoying the benefits now? Will you enjoy the benefits in eternity? Let's pray. Father God, I pray this morning is... uh, We've spent a few minutes looking what it means to be present over perfect. God, I pray that the demands of this world and striving to be perfect, Lord, we would lay that at your feet. We would surrender those burdens from our life of trying to be perfect because, God, we will never be perfect. We will never reach perfection this side of glory. And so, Father, I pray instead that these, your people, would find ways to be present with you and with those that you place in their path, their family, their friends, their small group, their Sunday school class, their friends, their family, strangers on the street, God, people are hungry and want someone to to know that someone is listening, that someone loves them, that there is hope. And God, for those of us this morning that know you, we have hope. So Father, I pray that you would help us to share that hope by showing up and being present in the lives of others. Father, thank you for our mothers. Thank you for our grandmothers. Lord, we pray for those today, especially for the mothers and for the children and for the families that are hurting because they aren't with their mother today. Father, we pray that you would comfort and keep them. Lord, help us to just be present. Awaken the wonder in our lives to your hand at work around us. Father, we we ask all these things in the name above all names. In the name of Jesus. Amen.